Welcome to The Archetypist, the only analytics-based genre fiction podcast. I'm Jacob, one of your hosts here today with another Bookends episode to talk about structuring your novel. But before we continue, be sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. The best thing that you can do to support us and to help us help other writers is to drop a review on Apple Podcasts or share our episodes with your friends or your writing group. Additionally, on Patreon, we also have a lot of different levels and incentives available, from bonus content to questions and answer sessions, swag, and story critiques. We're committed here to never include third-party ads in our episodes unless we really believe the product can help new writers, so we really do rely on reviews and Patreon to help sort of spread the word um, about the podcast. So, So what is structure? And for some people, this first part of the episode might be a little bit 101, but I think it's important that as we build this writing craft portion of the podcast, that we provide a progression of knowledge so that someone who's coming in as a new writer can eventually be coached up to the same level as our listeners who may have been writing for years. So at the most basic level, because we're all about the most basic level here on this podcast, the structure of a novel is the framework by which the events of the story unfold. Some genres, like mystery and romance, have a well-defined structure, while others, like fantasy and some science fiction, have a structure that, on the surface, appears to be much less well-defined. And of course, you know, for epics, you have tools like the hero's journey to help you plot the beats out of your story. That is, if you do want to write a hero's journey narrative, But for novels like Pat Rothfuss's The Name of the Wind, George Martin's A Game of Thrones, or Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, the structure seems a little bit more ambiguous. Yes, there are elements of the hero's journey in all of those, but especially when you stray into Grimdark, um, the sort of idealistic nature of those stories kind of, of the structures kind of break down. So yes, externally, this may be true. Um, that uh, the hero's journey is a part or even a large part of some of these novels. But, you know, the Lord of the Rings is ultimately an adventure objective story. You know, we'll take the ring from the Shire to Rivendell to Mordor, and the story literally follows the character's journey across the map. The Kingkiller Chronicles are loosely structured around the time limits that Coat cooks up. You know, I will tell you the story in three days. And Game of Thrones is structured around a struggle for power. But again, these are all comparatively loose frameworks compared to, say, a classic PI novel or a heist novel. In fact, there are so many different types of archetypal story structures that trying to choose one to build your novel around can just seem daunting. And this is really where field recons come in. You know, finding and reading novels that you enjoy and then taking the time to pick them apart and reflect on them. And you might begin to notice as you learn more about writing that some novels exist in the same buckets, even though their aesthetics or their window dressings might change. For example, The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin and Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Meir are both locked room mysteries which is a genre where relative strangers exist in a closed setting and must solve a mystery to end the story, essentially. This type of story sets up a sort of interplay between the author and the reader. This is what we mean when we say genre expectations. You know, in a locked room mystery, you know you'll get a few different things. Relative strangers who might happen to be natural enemies being forced to work together to accomplish some sort of objective, whether that is to 
solve a crime or ascend to god mode, you'll also get a limited closed setting, which means that the story will take place in a restricted area relatively. You know, a mansion, a hotel, an airplane, arena, etc. And you'll have a closed circle cast of characters, meaning no one new will arrive and no one will leave until the story is over. But really, these are just genre expectations. And while they influence story structure, they don't really dictate the structure of your story. And because they're expectations, they can be reversed or twisted in a new way as the author engages in dialogue with their particular genre. Some writing classes also explain structure in simple terms. You know, a person in a place with a problem who tries to overcome that problem and fails, so they try again to overcome it and they fail, so they try again, and they either succeed or fail, which is revealed in the resolution of the story. This is called the seven-point story structure, which is another nugget from my old mentor, Tim Asayas at Seton Hill. And it's a great way to plot short stories. Um... A little bit more difficult to plot novels that way, unless you're very intentional with your points. Others define structure with the three-act structure, which in Act 1 consists of the introduction, the call to action, the character having second thoughts, and a mini-climax or a point of no return where the protagonist has bought into his quest. For example, Luke Skywalker wants to get off Tatooine and join the Rebel Alliance. He encounters C-3PO and R2-D2 and their message to Leia. He meets Ben Kenobi and agrees to take him to Anchorhead, but not as far as the spaceport at Mos Eisley, because he's promised his uncle he'd help with the harvest. The first act ends when Luke discovers his aunt and uncle's burnt bodies on their farm and commits fully to helping Kenobi find his way to Alderaan to save Princess Leia. In a three-act structure, then, the second act consists of the hero learning, changing, and overcoming obstacles. These seem to go well until disaster strikes and throws everybody's plans into crisis. Usually, this chain of event is represented as follows. After the climax of the first act, or the point of no return, you have an obstacle, another obstacle, a midpoint or a twist, another obstacle, disaster, or the dark moment, a crisis, and then the climax of your story. This is the meat of your narrative. You should spend the most time of your story within the second act. So back to Star Wars. Luke and Kenobi escape the Empire on Tatooine. When the heroes arrive in the Alderaan system, the planet is gone, and in its place is the Death Star. That's obstacle one. The heroes realize the princess is here on the Death Star, which is the twist or the midpoint. And the objective shifts from an escape to a rescue mission. Ben also senses Vader's presence and goes to confront him alone. Han, Chewie, and Luke endeavor to rescue the princess, and they succeed, but they get caught in the trash compactor and nearly die. That whole incident is obstacle two, in my opinion, and they're saved by R2-D2. As they escape the Death Star, Vader murders Luke's mentor, and a homing beacon is hidden aboard the Falcon. That's the disaster, or the dark moment, which leads the Empire directly to the rebel base on Yavin, which is the crisis. Technically, it's Yavin 4, but whatever. This kicks off the climax. 
The rebels scramble their fleet to intercept and execute a harebrained plan to destroy the Death Star. During this confrontation, Luke comes face to face, or rather X-Wing to tie Interceptor with Darth Vader, only to be saved by Han Solo. Luke destroys the Death Star and the rebels win. The third act usually ends very quickly in stories. It's basically the wrap-up. The Alliance has a party. The end. Everyone gets a medal except Chewbacca. And while this is a very common and valid way of describing a story, and especially useful when writing a one-page synopsis, it still isn't as granular as it could be when we talk about story structure. So, when I think about structure, I want to look at something that's scene-by-scene, narrative-beat-by-narrative-beat, within the context even of the individual scenes. Which brings us back to the field recon and the concept of borrowed structure. And this is an idea that you can borrow the plot of a successful novel or story and make it your own by changing certain parts and aesthetics. Most infamously, we saw this with the success of the novel Aragon, which is essentially the plot of Star Wars in a fantasy setting with dragons. And again, I, I admit this is perhaps a really bad example because it is such an obvious ripoff that even people who I went to middle school with could figure it out. Um, but if, as another example in my grad program, uh, one of my classmates wrote a sci-fi novel that mirrored the basic structure of great expectations. And I feel like I want to make something very clear here. I am not advocating that you plagiarize or steal the plot of your favorite novel. The point is to borrow the skeleton outline and make it your own. I'll provide an example from Jim Butcher's first Dresden Files novel, Stormfront. I'll go through the basic summary of chapter one and the basic plot elements I drew from when I did a field recon on that story. So Stormfront opens on Harry Dresden, the protagonist, in his office. The mail comes and Harry has a humorous interaction with the mailman because his office door reads, Harry Dresden, wizard in big letters. This scene introduces Dresden as a character and establishes one of the stakes of the story. Harry's behind on his rent, and the mailman has dropped off a notice. Dresden then reflects on the mailman's ridicule of him, and this introduces the status quo of the world that the story exists in. Magic is real, but those who practice it are very secretive, and the vanilla mortals who do encounter it usually turn either a blind eye or they try to explain it away, because you know magic isn't supposed to exist. In the middle of this internal monologue, Harry's phone rings. He answers to a nervous woman who does not want to give her real name. She asks him to investigate her husband's disappearance and agrees to meet with him in one hour to give him more details. After Harry hangs up, the phone rings again, and Lieutenant Murphy from Chicago PD is on the other line. She wants Harry to investigate a gruesome murder scene, like right now. Harry agrees as the scene is closed to his office and leave to investigate, even though Monica Sells, the woman with the missing husband, will be there in less than 45 minutes. So, what is Butcher doing here? Basically, in his first chapter, he does four distinct things. Number one, he introduces the character's voice with a confrontation with the mailman. He then introduces the status quo of both uh, Harry's life, he needs money, in the world, Magic exists, but people turn a blind eye to it. He then establishes the inciting incident with Monica Sells' strange phone call and introduces a secondary mystery with the police murder case. 
and these cases becomes apparent they are connected later on in the story. Finally, he gives Dresden a ticking clock. He has to be back in 45 minutes to meet Monica. So, so far, my bare bones outline reads like this. Chapter 1. Introduce character. Establish status quo of character's life and the type of world we're operating in. Introduce the primary case. Introduce the secondary case. Establish the ticking clock for pacing. Following that outline is not plagiarism. That's just good writing advice. I can say with a fair amount of confidence that if you do all of those things, you will have written a pretty damn good first chapter. And distilled down to those elements, no one would really know that the plot line was lifted from the Dresden Files unless you borrowed other aesthetic elements like the character's description or voice, elements of the magic system or world, similar settings, etc. So to do this for yourself, all you have to do is pay attention when you read your favorite novel. What in the most basic of terms is the author doing? I found it helpful to summarize each chapter after I read it and focus solely on the plot points and not on the character's wants or reactions. Then, the next part of the field recon process is to read other books in your genre and see how they stack up with your favorite novel. Jim Butcher does a lot with those first pages, but not all books function the same way. By reading and analyzing a multitude of books, you can make an informed decision on how you want to structure your own novel, which kind of speaks again to the analytics-based podcast here. We're trying to see like what the general trends are in each genre. But that's all I have for you on this topic today. I might return to the Field Recon outline of Stormfront again and do a whole episode just on that Field Recon. But logistically, I'm not really sure how conducive that would be to the podcasting medium. Um, that said, I'm going to make this document available on Patreon when I get the chance, hopefully in the next few weeks. But until then, have a great rest of your day or night. And if you have questions or comments, feel free to find us on Twitter at at archetypist underscore pod or email us at archetypistpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, stay positive, stay safe, and stay connected. Archetypists out. <laughs>